my god, Ronnie. Wait, what? <laughs> what up, everybody? Welcome back to Man of Man, the best NBA podcast where we bring you the latest topics around the NBA. Wait, who are you? I'm Andy Elliott. Who are you, brother? Alongside your co-host, Lim, the hoop star, Nash. Back at it again. Ahead. Yeah, back at it again. Can I give you a namaste hoop star? What's going on here, brother? Namaste to you guys. Namaste yeah. to you guys. Namaste. Yes. How you been? How's your week going? It was a long week. Good yeah. week, but it was a long week for sure. But yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yeah, How about but, yourself, yeah, man? You, I, I don't know, man. I was telling you, I had a bunch of chiggers uh, on my bodies. Uh, it would probably <laughs> inappropriate to tell you where they are. I was playing disc golf for the first time, and uh, I got attacked. So I liked it. It's fun. It's fun, but I'm not very good at it. You know, we were talking about going on the freeway right there on that first shot. Man, all you've got right there is the open field, but then you've got like the trees and everything. I hit everything but the open field. So yeah. I got to go in the woods. I get attacked. I didn't score well, but, you know, it was a good time. <laughs> Probably the most I did in the past two months. That's good. Um, I mean, disc golf is than, hard, man. It's hard. Yeah. It's fun, though. So it it, it, a new hobby to get into, uh, I'd recommend that. <laughs> disc golf. Uh, if you've never tried it, it's, you know, it's not that hard um, unless you're Liam and I. So, um, cool deal. This is, uh, this is episode 29. We've titled this Magic City, and I think you might have an idea as why. Um, but before we get into that, if you are new to the episode or you aren't subscribed yet, please make sure to go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, you know, YouTube, you know, hit that subscribe button, all that good stuff. But before we begin our episode, Mr. Namaste Hoop, it is that time. It's the time, baby. I know, I know. I'm ready for it. With the NBA finally approaching next week, we will be giving away our special edition Miami Vice Dwayne Wade jersey, courtesy of Man to Man. Our last giveaway was around Christmas time. We felt like it was necessary to give back to you all who tune in, who listen, or even just support us as a whole. Uh, we'll be giving on. We'll be giving away those instructions on how you can enter to win our giveaway at the end of the show. So stick with us as we have a lot to uh, unravel this week. Uh, before that, we are sponsored by our good friends over at Yasbro. It's the hottest streetwear available on the market. Why do you guys not get that already? They got the most exclusive, fresh, trendy items, including different colors, set hoodies, t-shirts, and more that fit perfectly in your everyday attire. NBA players like Jackson Hayes has a Yaz hoodie. Man, that guy's balling right now. And, hey, every item sold, they donate clothing to the homeless. It's a win-win. You look good. You do it for good cause. Plus, everything in the store at the checkout is 50% off. That's yazapparel.club. Go check them out. We'll throw that link in the description. Cool deal. All that, you know, good stuff. We got good stuff. It's going to be a good thing. Good episode. Recap of last week before we get into it. Uh, Hoop and I talked about which players would step up. Feel that weight of the non-active Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo on that Lakers roster. A VO, baby, reconsidering his uh, return to the Pacers. As we saw, you know, VO got back on the court this week. James Harden has controversial trendsetting face mask, uh, you know, all that stuff last week. And uh, we introduced our new gambling segment to Man to Man called, Oh my God, who's hot, who's not? Where's your money going? Um, so yeah, that's it. It's going to be a good episode. What else we got on the uh, on the agenda today? Who? Yes, sir. I mean, uh, pretty pumped about this week. Um, yeah. Mentioned the giveaway, so you guys stay tuned for that. Those uh, Miami Vice jerseys, they, they're they saucy, man. They're saucy. Yeah. We'll see a picture of those uh, later on the episode, or you could go check them out on our man-to-man. We have posted about the, the giveaway already. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to be giving away those, you know, those jerseys. Those are something that we feel like you guys can, you know, use. And 
they're pretty sweet. I think we yep. mentioned. I think I might have to get myself one of those as well. You know, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so we won't be doing our uh, who's hot or who's not segment this week, but. I can't wait to start betting on games again. You know how I like to pick. Uh, I know how you like to pick safe. I may may be a little more of the the more uncautious better. You know parlays and all not all that. Yeah. But um, you gotta watch out for my hot takes. You know I have a bunch of hot takes this uh, this year so far, and you never know. You could see me going all the way in on on a Nets game um, just because I have that uh-huh. feeling. Jamal Crawford is gonna get that fifty burger, so you. Uh... No, nah, I, I ain't betting you on that one, brother. <laughs> not not the Nets. Not the Anything Nets. Anything but the Nets. Maybe a little parlay here and there, but I don't know. You keep talking about those fifty burgers. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, yeah. But um, before we get into all that, what about this week? I felt like I was kind of like a little kid, you know, in a candy shop watching basketball again on TV. It was amazing. I watched uh, teams that I really actually didn't really care about. I mean, I care about all of the teams, but. Just in the scrimmage games, who really cares? But it was fun. I loved it. Um, it was great to see basketball back again, with um, you know, along with other sports like baseball. Um, but in this week's episode, I'd like to start off with the players who did leave the bubble, as well as the players who decided to stay with their teams in the bubble, even though they could have you know left for some other you know family matters. Right. But once again, quick side note about the rules of leaving the bubble. No one will be, you know, stopped from leaving the campus, but players and staff should not do do so unless there's, you know, those, you know, extenuating cir- circumstances as they're calling them. Um, so we did see Zion leave the bubble due to the family emergency. He was gone for about a week. He's now back yeah. in Orlando as expected. Um, Pat Beverly from the Clippers and Montrez Harold also left the bubble this week um, to a attend those you know personal matters beverly plans actually to be back with his team pretty shortly before this restart and then the big one that uh you know for our pacer fans out there me and you the montes opponents will miss i think the rest of the season it looks like uh and return back to his home um kind of came out of nowhere then yeah i didn't i didn't they were keeping it kind of quiet but i'm not sure um but we'll kind of go into that more of our pacer segment so uh yeah but yeah the so to start off I, the big guy that I want to talk about uh, again this week is Alex Caruso. Um I kind of let you kind of go into um the decision not to actually leave the bubble, you know, to stay home with um or to actually stay with the Lakers instead of leaving the bubble. Um so yeah, take it away there Mr. Twesenton. Tell yeah. me what's this about. Yeah, so Alex Caruso yeah, Caruso, um, you know, the coronavirus, before we get into this, the coronavirus has put athletes in these tough predicaments, uh, especially for players in the NBA right now, in this bubble. But Caruso had a choice to leave the NBA bubble in Orlando or to attend his sister's wedding in Austin, Texas. Uh, if he left the NBA bubble, he would have to quarantine for 10 days before he would be allowed to rejoin his teammates. That meant when he would he, that meant he would come back to the team right before the resumption of their season, and if the player is approved to leave the bubble, then they would be hit with a four day quarantine. However, if it wouldn't be approved, then the player would receive the uh, the ten day quarantine. But Caruso elected to stay in Orlando instead of attending his sister's wedding. He mentioned that Megan, his sister, is um, you know as close to his number one fan as anyone could get. 
Um, but ultimately, him and his family supported his decision to stay with the team. Um, he said, they helped me realize how important I am uh, to what we're trying to do here. Now that Bradley didn't make it and Rajon Rondo, you know, he's hurt with his hand. There is some added responsibility. So um, all in all, Caruso got to see his sister's wedding. He watched the footage of the wedding that was sent to him. Um, unfortunately, he was not able to FaceTime the wedding. <laughs> and he also said that there were some people that should have had masks on that didn't. Oh, excuse me. Uh, he said, I would say about 75% of the people, you know, had him on. He mentioned Texas and Florida, quote unquote, they can kind of be their own countries at times. Some people just like to do their own thing. Hoop, do you respect this decision from Caruso to stay with the Lakers right now? Um, I would say yes. I, I think there's a couple of reasons why I would say I kind of respect it. Um, first of all, you mentioned, I think Bradley and Rondo are out. So Caruso's pretty much, you know, that next guy up, um, and he'll he'll like you said he's gonna have to take on this responsibility, um, you know, with them being out. And if he had left, I'm thinking that like J.R. Smith, maybe a Dion Waiters, possibly like a Quinn Cook, you know, yeah. could have gotten some minutes while he was you know gone. And yeah. you know, I don't know how many games that'd have been, probably two at least scrimmage games. And mm-hmm. ultimately, those guys would have got his minutes, right? And so. Right. If he, if those guys would have performed good or good enough, you know, and produced, Caruso could have been out of a job. Um, yeah. So, for Caruso, you know, who has been on the team for you know a couple of years or a couple of seasons now, and is somebody trying to prove to the people he's not just a meme. He's not. He's just not <laughs> just meme dunking on somebody's head. You know, give him a nice facial or something. Uh, probably a little inappropriate, yeah. but. Uh, but yeah, I think he made a great decision, you know, and he's kind of securing his spot, his role on this championship uh, roster that the Lakers are kind of putting together. So, yeah, I believe hey. I believe it was a good idea for him. For sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I can't say that I haven't been in Crusoe's position before. You miss a couple games, other guys step in and play well, you come back and then coach puts you where those guys originally were on the bench and now you got to come in for them. Uh, I know you might not know what this feels like, Hoop, but for some of us role players, uh, missing a game can be the end of the world for us sometimes. Plus, he said like 75% of the people who attended the wedding had on had masks on. Uh, I don't, an NBA player shouldn't put himself in that position if he wants to come back and play with his team right now. Right, right. But uh, again, I'm just now realizing that we are talking about Somebody from the Lakers at the beginning of our episode. Once again, I think that's like three in a row that the Lakers have uh, captured the the number one spot here. Um, but as we uh, went over some players that exited a bubble due to you know these family emergencies, um, we'll leave the best for last. Um, kind of transitioning into our man-to-man worthy or keep it moving here with Lou Williams. I think Andy and I decided that this should be our first topic of man-to-man worthy or keep it moving, so we'll just get right into it, why don't we? Um, yeah. We'll start it out how we always do. So Lou Williams exited the bubble for some family matter, um, got caught, you know, going to a strip club, I guess. Um, is this worthy or are we keeping it moving here? It's definitely worthy. Uh, Lou Williams, what is going on, my guy? What is happening right now, bro? You have officially proved Stephen A. Smith's 
points. Guys will not last in the bubble under all these restriction rules. Single players will need to see other women sooner than later. And that's exactly what my guy Lou Will did. Um, so this is what supposedly happens. Uh, Lou Will told NBA officials he would need to leave the bubble for a viewing of a father of a close friend, but then attended Magic City Strip Club in Atlanta. Uh, but he did inform in NBA investigators that there were no entertainers present while he was there. Meanwhile, Jack Harlow, rapper, uh, accidentally posted a picture of the two in the club with the caption, a location you would never <laughs> guess, uh, with Lou Will holding a drink and wearing an NBA mask that had been given to him during his arrival in Orlando. Um, and then Lou Will tweeted, you know, ask any of my teammates, what's my favorite restaurant in Atlanta? Ain't nobody partying, chill out, mask on, hashtag in and out. Yeah. I don't know, Lou Will. What's going on, my guy? <laughs> I don't know, but that's funny. Um, whatever. But uh, actually, uh, Harlow insisted, you know, who took the picture in the first place, that he said it was not from this weekend, um, that he just kind of missed Lou. This was saved in his in his photos. Uh, I don't know if I'm believing that one <laughs> at all. Nah. <laughs> he's just trying to no get way. he's just trying to you know help out his his buddy um but per nba policy williams uh was tested for the coronavirus each day that he was outside the of the bubble um so players are subject you know for that minimum four day quarantine after they leave for you know an excused absence as you know as they're calling them now um yeah however the requarantining requarantining time uh, could be extended up to 10 days, uh, you know, based on what other findings that they have or if it's recommended by the, the uh, infectious disease specialist that the NBA is, you know, has down there in the bubble. William is third on the team in scoring, I believe, with about almost 19 points a game. So the 10-day quarantine will keep, you know, the reigning sixth man out of the Clippers' first two games of the restart, and those are um, – or against the Lakers on opening night and the Pelicans on uh, August 1st, that next day. So Here's my thing with, with Lou Will. Yeah, tell me about this. Is he pissed off at Jack Harlow now? Or do you think like they're still boys? Because I don't know. I feel like I'd be – but he, he did consent to taking the picture with Jack Harlow, but I feel like Lou Will might be kind of hot that he posted it. I, think, I didn't think he knew that he was going to post it. I think that was the biggest thing he – if he knew that he was going to post it, he would have been like, nah, you can't post this. But I think yeah. he was just trying to get a pick with, with his boy, and it turned into something bigger than it was maybe. I don't know. Should he so, have been And in? then also, the entertainers. There were... Go ahead. I was going to say, is he, was he even like happy to – like was he actually going there to see strippers, or is that just That's... the place that he was going to in the first place? Like he said, well, that was his favorite. So I haven't been to Magic City, but I've been to the <laughs> Cheetah Lounge in Atlanta. And yeah, like people are eating their wings and stuff. Like it's kind of like a weird strip club, like restaurant. Right. But they're still entertainers. Like you're like eating, they're like, you know, one dude's eating wings on the table. And then like maybe a foot across from him is like some stripper dancing on the table. Right. So. You're eating. I mean, you, you can't have your cake and eat it at the same time. So, Lou Will, I think there were entertainers there. You can't really lie about that. I think he kind of just said, uh, hey, y'all, quit talking about it and enjoy the memes. So, yeah. 
I think it was funny. Uh, hopefully he'll get back and hopefully he doesn't, you know, bring anything else into the bubble and possibly be, you know, hurting even more yeah. of what the, the Clippers are trying to do this year. Um, next yeah. up, we got Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, we've been hearing about his his shot all, all season. You know, he said he's working on it. He's going to start shooting this year. But then we see this week that uh, he starts talking to a sports psychologist about his three-point shooting. Um, is this worthy or, or what are we doing here? Uh, I don't know, man. Keep it moving. This, I think <laughs> Ben Simmons should have done this a while ago. He just doesn't. He said he doesn't feel comfortable um, shooting threes. Obviously, um, what Coach Sixers coach Brett Brown has challenged Ben Simmons to shoot a three in, in you know almost every single game. And I was back in December. I think he's just been shy from doing that just because he knows his shot is completely broke. Right. Right. So, I, I agree. Um, so next up, we got. Tom Thibodeau, he is now a part of the New York Knicks. He signs a five-year deal. They're kind of working out the numbers, I believe, uh, still. But five years with the New York Knicks, is this uh, worthy or, or no? Yeah, I think it's worthy. Um, New York Knicks, what is this, like their sixth coach in five years? Let's see if this one, like, I mean, this this is the difference between Tom Thibodeau's signing rather than, like, all these other guys. The other coaches were only, like, on a year contract. This is obviously a five-year deal with the Knicks. So I think they're sticking with one guy, and they're thinking that this strategy will help them out in the long run. Um, let's start here by saying that Tom Thibodeau is known for helping, helping out young players, like, develop. And uh, what better roster to do it than the Knicks, I guess? You know, they got young guys. Yeah, like Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, of course, R.J. Barrett. And this could be the calling to turn the Knicks franchise around with this signing. Um, I think that, you know, this could be a little harder than expected as the roster does need, you know, this dramatic overhaul and upgrades at pretty much every position to start to become competitive again. Uh, as we've seen, the Eastern Conference is, you know, top-heavy with the Bucks, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Heat, and even next year with the Nets. Uh, the Nets will, or <clears throat> leading the way, the Knicks will need um, some pieces to be, you know, realistically in contention with these types of teams. Um, so, you know, that have superstars on them. So I think the Knicks, well, they they were, you know, well under 500 this season. They didn't make the NBA bubble, obviously. Um, they're missing the playoffs for the seventh straight season. So Tom Thibodeau's career, uh, his record in 11 seasons as a head coach is almost at 60%. He's 352 wins, 246 losses, where he led a Timberwolves team to its first playoff berth in 14 seasons. So he's been there. He's done that. He has experience. I guess we'll have to see what he does with the Knicks. Yeah. Um, the only big thing that I remember from this, I think it's a good signing. Tom Thibodeau is also, I mean, he's been a good coach for the – you know, the Timberwolves, even the Heat team, you know, back with Jimmy Butler and stuff. So he's done it. Um, the only thing is I think David West came out and was like all the young players, I guess, like run for the hills, basically. He's not a good he's not a good fit. He'll destroy your career. And I guess my question only is, is like what did David, David West just not like Timbido? Did he do something to him? Or is that actually – you know, got some legs to it and saying that that's probably why, you know, they got rid of Jimmy Butler in, in uh, Minnesota and they that's kind of what led him to lose his job there. So is that kind of like 
should we expect you know Thibodeau to turn this this Knicks organization around, or is this like the same kind of situation uh, again for the Knicks that they hire a coach and they'll let him go again? I personally like I respect Tom Thibodeau. I don't know where the David West thing came from. Did David West play for him? I don't know. That's why I was trying to look into it. And I don't remember you know anything about him playing for Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, I don't. But either. the only thing is uh, Kendrick Perkins. You know, he's always got to have his his mouth and everything nowadays but yeah. he also was like chill out chill out tom thibodeau he needs he's a good coach but he made a case for hiring this would have been a perfect opportunity you know in the times that we are in right now to hire a black coach an african-american yeah, coach yeah, yeah. they didn't really you know entertain that idea and i think that's another thing that you know david west was kind of trying to get the message out there you know so yeah I know Ty Lue was one of the other candidates, yeah. along with I don't know who the other coach is, but I I kind of like a Ty Lue there. I don't know Tom Thibodeau kind of reminds me of the coach from the Bulls. He's like an old cranky like white dude that I feel like they're not really gonna like all that much. I mean, yeah. he doesn't even look like he's happy in his own skin like <laughs> half the time when I'm watching him on TV. We'll see what happens with the Knicks. Like I was saying, the only difference between this signing and the other signings are they just signed guys to like one year deals or. They didn't even make their one-year contract, and they just fired them. So the Knicks, I think, just stick with a coach, make it long-term, and see what Tom Thibodeau does. Yeah, I like it. I think Thibodeau— got talent there. Just see what they do. Yeah, I think if they can make a move in the offseason in the next couple of years, you know, maybe pick up Giannis or somebody, they could they could be make some yeah. noise for sure. Um, let's keep it moving. Uh, so later or earlier this week, I would uh, will say that— we see that the NBA bubble, we've been preaching that they need to get down to zero. The NBA bubble, they're down to zero. There has been zero positive tests in the Orlando bubble. That's players, coaches, staff. It is pretty much, for Adam Silver, the perfect scenario. The bubble, as of right now, um, leading into the beginning of the restart, uh, it works. It's working. There's, you know, It's yeah. coronavirus-free. So yeah. is this man-to-man worthy, or are we keeping it moving here? It's honestly great to see the NBA and Adam Silver become this cautious about things because it shows that all these other uh, leagues and organizations can kind of fall the NBA. Like we were saying, everyone likes to look at this in hindsight and be like, oh, this is going to mess up, this is going to mess up. This is like the best thing we've seen in all sports right now. NBA started off by suspending the league, and then everyone else followed. Now we're coming back, making a statement saying we can do this if you have the right protocols, um, and they're fucking killing it right now. So zero positive tests. Let's go, baby. NBA basketball, baby. Let's go. Yeah. But keep it moving. It's not that worthy. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. I think we just got to mention that. I think that's all it deserves, but I agree. Um, yeah. Next big thing we saw, at least I saw, that I think we, we could talk about. So the Nuggets, right? Bobo, he gets his first, you know, first view of the NBA court this season and he does pretty well. Um then right after the game he gets drug tested. Uh is this worthy or not keeping it moving here? What do you got? It's worthy. This? It's worthy, Hoop. Tell me what Bobo. you got here. Yeah. Tell me what you got Bobo, here. Bobo, man. Hadn't played a game all season. Um so they brought him up from the G League, recorded a double double in his NBA debut. He had sixteen points. He had ten rebounds, six blocks. Not surprising there. 
Um, and they won in that uh, in that first victory, 89-82 over the Wizards. Uh, Bull finished by shooting 6 of 14 from the field, including 2 of 8 from three-point range? What? Uh, he's getting shots up from beyond the arc. You know, this kid was supposed to be a lottery pick um, last year in the draft, but, you know, slid into that second round. He only played nine games in college after suffering a stress fracture. The best part about the game was the starting lineup, in my opinion. They put Jokic as the point guard and Bulbul as small forward and then, like, Plumley at center, uh, <laughs> knowing that Bulbul is, like, the tallest dude in the whole NBA. Uh, but he's playing well in these scrimmages. You know, he's nimble in transition. He's quick off his feet. And Coach Mike Malone, get this, in a post-game interview, told the media, the scary thing is, I think he's just doing okay right now. So watch out, Taco Fall, because I feel that Bobo is becoming the new fan favorite throughout these first couple of games. Yeah, I think it was very exciting to see. You know, I didn't. I saw that he was going to get the start. They made kind of a story of it. And then... You know, because Joke is slimmed down. He's looking good and stuff. Um, they said they were going to move them to the point, and I was like, all right, well, Bobo, he's up there. He's like, he's pushing seven foot, if not, you know, more. And uh, yeah, and he came in and he just exploded. And I love to see that. Um, good for him. If he keeps it up, he'll definitely be a, a reason why the the Nuggets, you know, do what they do in the future. But I think yeah. I think the biggest next question is what's the future for Jokic because like Jokic is kind of lost out there. I was watching the game a little bit. Um, yeah. Him slimming down, I don't I don't know if that was the best move. Him moving to point, playing a new position, he was kind of you know lost a little lost out there in my eyes. But I sure, I'm sure he can you know kind of figure that a out. A little rusty, but hey, all the teams were a little rusty, right? right. You know you. You predict, you know, that there are going to be turnovers throughout those first couple of games. Jokic is trying to get those rebounds, throw a Lonzo ball pass, and, you know, he'll get it intercepted. But I, I know I was watching some, you know, he had some spurts of, you know, throwing no-look passes and making good passes and doing what he does. He's still a big guy. And, I mean, around the league, dude, you're a slim, tall dude. You're still okay, you know. There's only, like, these few – true centers like a Joel Embiid or Drummond or stuff like that or guys like that so Jokic will be just fine I think he'll get back in his groove he does look abnormally skinny though so hopefully uh you know the food and the, the bubble can help him out a little bit I want to I want to stop you here before we move on and and do you think it's going to be a, a permanent position change that Jokic gets that point guard role um you know, Jamal Murray said that he's not playing or he's not playing right now. I don't know if he'll come back for the beginning of the restart. He's in the bubble, but he's not playing right now. Is that like a permanent thing if he starts to do well or are they going to What, Jokic at the point? Yeah, is that a is that a permanent move there? You think he could he could run the point for the, you know, the the Nuggets? No. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal Murray. I mean, it's like, Jamal it's Murray like at the LeBron's. two. At the two, and then we got yeah. Jokic at the Jamal, Jamal and uh, Jamal and Jokic just switch positions real quick. Yeah, why not? Ah, uh, they're playing. I mean, I don't know unless they play uh, tall ball like that, but I don't see that happening. I mean, Murray's too good to to not fill up that starting point guard role. And who's the other guy? They got uh, it's not Bledsoe, is it? It's it's Gary Harris, but Gary Harris, Gary is, Harris. is not there in the bubble. He's one. Of oh, the, he's not. He's one of the players that opted out of. Start so he's not down there. Okay, 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 okay. So yeah, hey, Jamal Murray might need some help then, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jokic, Jokic will, you know, 
he's one of the best passers in NBA history as a big man. So we'll see. They might put him. He's not. A, he's not a big. He's not a big man anymore, huh? I, I guess not. <laughs> so I guess the starting lineups don't even matter anymore. What position you put people at? No. So we'll see what happens with Jokic. All right, let's move on. Uh, we got some some. Uh, you know, the biggest news here, the games are back on the court, you know, um, and we get to see them. Um, we're going to just kind of mention some some teams that kind of caught our eyes, some games maybe that caught our eye, and we're going to just kind of recap the scrimmages that we see this week. Um, yeah. And, you know, Lou Will, you know, we'll see if he uh, gets back in the bubble and starts producing – um, I'll see. I'm sure we'll see more of the the bowl bowl um, this season for the Nuggets for sure. Um, but before we get into our Pacers segment and talk about them, uh, we picked up a couple of noteworthy games, like I mentioned, um, and a couple of pa- players and teams that we want to kind of touch on before we move into the end of our uh, our episode here. So the first one that I think we should mention are the Clippers. They kind of picked up right where they you know left off um, just before the season ended. They are with a lot of key players, you know, not on their roster right now. We got Pat Bev out, Montrez Harold, Marcus Morris, Zubots, Shamit, uh, Jamichael Green, but Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, they're both there. They're still playing, and they pretty much got uh, things, you know, taken care of, and they go undefeated uh, up until um, today on Sunday. So they they look pretty good. Um the Clippers, I mean, they might have a harder chance, you know, of exceeding those expectations of actually winning the finals with all these players out and kind of not getting the chemistry going again. But uh, I guess my question to you here on this this episode is, will the Clippers win the NBA finals or make a good push? Or are they kind of a bust because all these, these roster, you know, inconsistencies, yeah. as I would say? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think the bust, and here's the reason why. Um, yes, Paul George and Kawhi look like they, you know, is that, they is should. That, is that a hot take? Can we say you got a hot take here? You think the, the Clippers will bust this Am year? I going to throw a hot take? <laughs> I'll throw a hot take out there. I think they're going to bust the fuck up this season, bro. They're not going to do well. Paul George and Kawhi look like, you know, they should. They're superstars. You know, they're back at it. But throughout this whole season, they've dealt with being shorthanded. No Paul George at the beginning of the season due to that shoulder injury. Kawhi sitting out a multitude of games um, due to our good friend load management. Um, you know, these guys only played 32 games together. Doc Rivers says he doesn't know when all their guys will be together. The Clippers have shown promise this season, but, um, you know, they've dominated when, when they're healthy. Um, but the circumstances haven't allowed them to realize their full potential and, the team isn't whole with the playoffs approaching. They're missing all these guys. You got Joe Kim Noah starting at center. I didn't even know he was still in the league. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know, man. You look at the the Lakers, and we'll talk about the Lakers here in a sec, but you compare those two L.A. teams that everyone's been talking about all season. I, I've stuck with my original, my original guns here and said the Lakers have more potential to, to win the finals than the Clippers do just because you're missing all these guys from the Clippers. Right. I mean, the only thing I will say, I think I agree. I think the only thing I will say is they, the Clippers are kind of using these first, you know, scrimmage games as, you know, getting their feet wet. Because I don't think we'll see much sliding around um, through the eight games of the regular season. You know, 
Clippers aren't trying to surpass the Lakers and get the one spot. I don't think they they pretty much know that that's not going to happen. And they they'll they'll get some chemistry going into the playoffs and use that you know eight games as their momentum into the playoffs. They don't want to peak too early, is what I'm thinking. But right. I agree. I think it's. I mean, if you look at the Lakers right now, they're kind of all forces moving forward. You know, there's yeah. not people sitting out or like saying I'm not going to play or whatnot. You know. Right. Um, but let's do now that we we mentioned it. Let's do stay in LA and let's talk about the Lakers. Um, okay. We see that LeBron James, at least in my eyes, pretty much no drop off. Stayed in remarkable shape. You know, as I thought he would for this restart. Um, he only played in the first half of his the, the Lakers' first game um, back. Uh, he collected twelve points, five assists, three rebounds. So he's doing it there, um, shooting four of six. From the field, he watched the second half from the bench um, where he put some ice packs, you know, here and there. He also accessorized the warm-up, put up uh, some gold chains. He was just kind of in all, you know, let's relax mode, getting back yeah. on the court for the first thing. But what do you think as uh, as the Lakers hit the floor for the first time? Um, how did you yeah. like that? What, what was, yeah, it's – man, that – it's it's scary seeing LeBron year seventeen at thirty five. He is one of the oldest players in the league. He's got patches of gray showing in his beard that, that he grew out. <laughs> I love that man. And they put up the barber shops too. And he's like, Nah, I'm not hitting the barber. Like I'm year seventeen. He posted a picture like him shirt off. He's still rocking the six pack. He's tatted up, man. He's got the 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 goo rag on or the do rag on. Um, sorry, I've never worn that. I think I've worn a do rag like once. It looked ridiculous, so. Um, but he's he's feeling himself, right? With the gold chains, he looked like he was in game seven mode out there. He was on the foul line, you know, in, a, in that empty arena at Disney World. He's barking defensive assignments at teammates uh, while there's you know this artificial crowd noise. You know, he's being that floor general as LeBron is has always been his career. Uh, but you know, LeBron after the game, he went on to say, "You just have to create your own energy out there." Uh, and not to mention, um, newly acquired Dion Waiters. I want to point him out, Hoop, uh, Hoop, real quick. He looks good. He's hitting buzzer beaters out there. He's doing, uh, he's doing these, you know, crossover, trying to get like the J crossover, step back over defenders. And J.R. Smith looks good, too. He's throwing lobs at a Dwight like J.R. does behind the head. No look. Okay, it's working. Um, but despite being shorthanded, um, at the point guard position, man, LeBron and you know everyone else looks great. LeBron's gonna be that primary guy at the at the, the PG level or the PG position, and, and they look magnificent right now. All right, um, they lost their first game of the season or in the um, re or in the scrimmages. But like you said, like I mentioned, I think I said that they didn't. I mean, LeBron didn't even play the second half. I think. They are the most comfortable, and they have the most amount of weapons that they can yeah. just throw you like throw out there. Because J.R. Smith, you mentioned it here at the end. J.R. Smith looks freaky good playing the Lake or in playing in the Lakers uniform. You know he's yeah. comfortable. I didn't know like that was my question. Like, how is he going to fit in the role of playing with the Lakers? But he looks extremely good. Um, like you said, he just has a comfortability that. I haven't really seen from him. He's kind of yeah. 
free flowing. And, and we 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 kind of felt that from Jr. I, at least I felt it from Jr. Like watching them practice, like go through practice. Obviously, like he's got a you know smooth sail into that roster. Right. But I think Jr. knows his game more than anybody else. And and for Frank Vogel being the coach that he is, letting Jr. do Jr. Right. Be Jr. Jr. Get in the game and do what you do. That's why we signed you, bro. LeBron gives you a pass. If you think you can throw a no look lob to Dwight, dude. fuck it, dude. dude. <laughs> I think and that, it works. And I think that's where you mentioned it. I think um, Vogel just needs to get the the praise, you know, because they got a bunch of egos and you know high profile players yeah. on that team, and he's kind of managed that perfectly. You know, it's hard. We all know it's hard coaching LeBron James. We've seen a lot of coaches kind of, you know, kind of get bullied by LeBron James a little bit. I would say. But, you know, Dwight Howard is a character in himself. JR, you know, Henny Man, he's, you don't know if he's drunk or not on the court or not. Um, Deion Waiters also, I mean, I, I'm trying, I'm kind of shitting on these guys right now, but like known to be kind of a druggie sometimes. You know, he's like the, he likes to smoke some, some good green yeah. and some good grass. Um, but, <laughs> you know, there's all these characters on a team, and especially being in LA, you have to know. You know that puts even more pressure on a on a coach, you know, to perform and and I think he's done a remarkable job and this is probably the best situation for him at least because they're out of L.A. now, no pressure and it's just yeah. them out there having fun and it looks like they're doing just just that. So I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think Vogel. I think we can. I I can maybe speak for the both of us. Vogel is probably my favorite coach at the Pacers. Yeah, he he was. A, I mean. He was there with, with, with Paul George, and he kind of just, you know, just did what he had to do for Paul George um, yeah. in terms of just play basketball. And Yeah, I think definitely, like, one of the better coaches in the league, for sure. Yeah. I don't I don't want to discredit Nate McMillan. I do like Nate McMillan, but... Yeah, Nate's done a phenomenal job over there in Indiana. But uh, um, let's, you know... Last but not least, my Rockets. Let's we got to talk about them. I want to. Ah, the Rockets. <laughs> I want to mention it. Um, they also too lost in their debut against the Raptors, um, but they look good. I watched the second half, so it looked pretty good from my eyes. Um, James Harden led the Rockets with twenty four and ten assists. Um, he went only three for seven beyond the arc, which is not great to see. But I mean three. Three pointers is good. Westbrook did play. Um, he only played 18 minutes though, and he finished with 10 points and nine rebounds. So they both looked good. They're kind of getting their feet back under him. Um, we yeah. know that Russell didn't have a court um, or a basketball go back home during the quarantine. So um, he was able to go through, you know, kind of individual workouts just to stay in shape. So he didn't really get shots up. Um, he also told the media that he didn't know. Um, what it was like to even hit a layup, you know, during one of the of his days in the bubble. It was kind of funny to me to hear that, you know, he's just yeah. like it's almost like for him he's restarting his whole fundamentals again. Um, but knowing the competitor that he is, um, the Rockets will probably, you know, at least for me, continue to uh, find the chemistry that they, you know, can find here and there throughout the games and patches of games um, before the yeah. actual restart. So. What did you What did you think about the Rockets? Did you watch a couple other games or what? Yeah, I I think I missed. I, I think I only got caught glimpses and highlights of the Rockets game, but I did see how Westbrook. You know, they put him back in the starting lineup. It'd be kind of awkward if they didn't. 
um, just to get that feel again. You know, um, Westbrook is, you know, these guys are professional athletes, man. If you're out for four months and you don't have a basketball or court, they can still go out here into an NBA bubble, pick up a basketball and, and get back to work right where they started off, if not very close to that. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think they'll look good. I think Harden's getting a lot of, you know, backlash from the whole mass thing. And then people were saying that, you know, his game will just never be respected or noticed. And I kind of compare Harden's game to Allen Iverson's game and how they were both like underdogs because no one really knew their game or their style until like, you know, until like Iverson was out of the league and then people praised Iverson for what he did. I think that same thing will happen with James Harden. Um, they don't really respect it now, but he plays a game that no one's really ever seen before. And once Harden is gone, man, we got to appreciate him being here. Once he's gone, I think people will praise him a little bit better because they'll look back at his highlights and be like, man, this guy was a stud. Right, um, right. Step bags, he created step bags that everyone in the, in, in the NBA does now. Um, and, you know, hopefully the, the Rockets will make a run there, but it's going to be tough in that in that Western Conference. I, uh, I got a question for you kind of to lead you here. Uh, What's one team that you you found that kind of was surprising to you that you you know didn't really look at or you found that kind of popped off in your eyes? What do we got? You got a team yeah. for me? I'm, I'm going with the Mavericks. Okay, the Mavericks looked good. Um, Doncic, Porzingis, S. Dot, um, and their and you know in their debut win over the Lakers, Doncic picked up you know pretty much right where he left off. At, right, what I'm talking like exactly what I'm saying. Um, you know, he put up 14 points, five of eight shooting, six assists, five rebounds, 16 minutes. Doncic is like the most perfect. He, he, would you call him a point guard? I'd call I call him a point guard. He's a point guard in my eyes for sure. He's got like the the perfect, the most perfect like point guard build to him because you know he's got he's like thick and you know if he wants to play in that post position or or give you like a back down or whatever and you know shoot a little Kobe shot. He can do that, but he can also do step back threes from 35 foot out. You know, we saw he did it over AD. Um, you know, he's a facilitator. He's like a floor general as well. You know, he's throwing lobs to Porzingis. Porzingis looks great. Um, and then the guy that I guess sort of caught my eye, if we're talking about that first debut game, was S. Dot Seth Curry. Man, he torched that Lakers defense. 23 points. Eight at eight shooting, six of six from deep, fifteen up. minutes. Yeah. So they're, uh, I think they're at the seventh spot right now. But man, they are hungry, and I think they'll bump up to where OKC is right now, which I believe is the fifth yeah. seed right now. I could, I could definitely see them. You know, we played them today, so they looked really good. Um, we ended up beating them, but yeah, I think Mavericks look good. They look like they are ready to you know, get back into the, the whole playoff swing. And they could easily make a first-round upset if they play somebody, you know, maybe even like a Clippers team that we mentioned that are kind of lackluster yeah. right now. So. I also think the Mavericks had the, had the best energy going into the bubble, which is, you know, which is why this correlates onto the floor. You know, like we were talking about with the Lakers and Rondo talking about his room. Um, the Mavericks just got in there and they're having a good time off the court. You know, they're throwing these DJ parties, they're bonding with their teammates, and then they're going onto the court and saying, Hey, let's keep this energy right here. And, and that's what they've shown so far in these past couple of games. Yeah, I think for sure. I think they, you got to watch it. We got to watch out for them. We'll see what they do. Um, 
in these first eight games for sure. Keep an eye on the Mavericks. I think that's yeah. probably uh probably good for everybody to watch out for. Um, let's kind of move into our last segment here. Uh, before we get into the giveaway news, um, and how to win that, we'll talk about our Pacers. We finally get to bring back a Pacers segment a little bit, um, like normal. If you if you're a true listener, you would know back in the back before the 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 restart and the the suspension. We uh, we have a Pacer segment each week about you know the Pacers and how they're doing because we are both diehard Pacer fans. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll start with Sabonis. I think Sabonis, uh, like we mentioned a little bit, kind of shocked us a little bit and kind of you know just left the bubble without really a real explanation. But he's now back in Los Angeles where he does have an official um, off-season house. Um, and he's going to receive the rest of his treatment for his plantar fasciitis. I'm pretty sure is how you pronounce that. Um, but this could actually be bad news to the Pacers um, for the the rest of this season because he's listed as indefinite. I think the first report said that he'll miss the rest of the season um, because then, you know, it was just kind of up in the air. But there was no real, like, details behind it, at least on, a, like, a national level. And then later or earlier this week, Nick McMillan came in and said, you know, not really giving us a whole bunch, kind of like we'll make a decision in the next couple of weeks or two um, for a possible return. And this basically just means that he probably will miss at least the first half of this, you know, the season and leading into the, the playoffs. Um, but Sabonis kind of said that he left because the bubble, because that, you know, the treatment, if he could just leave the bubble – the recovery process would be a lot better outside the bubble, and that's where he could, you know, focus strictly on, you know, the injury itself and just getting through it. And then possibly if he feels up to it, he could come back in for, you know, maybe a late playoff push if they need him. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest thing is that he was pretty much our leader, you know, with Vic being out um, for most of the year, he kind of led the team. You know, we're 39 and 26, we're fifth in the East. And it's pretty much all because of him, because he made his first all-star appearance um, for the first time in his career. So he definitely will be missed in my eyes. Um, But, you know, for me, we're kind of used to this, right? We saw Vic go down, you know, two years ago. Now, I guess you would say, I don't know if it's two years. Is it two years ago or is it a year and a half? I don't even know how you would call this season right now. But we saw him go down, I guess, two years ago now. and we really haven't had our like my like perfect lineup in there all but yeah. for like five games, and that being Brogdon, Vic, TJ Warren, Sabonis, and Turner. And we've right. only seen them on the court all together for five games this season. So yeah. my biggest question is, I guess, to kind of spark a conversation here is who do we rely on to uh, you know, kind of take Sabonis's like role? Because if it's TJ Leaf that man is soft. I think both of me and you uh, were talking uh, about it and he was kind of the next man up in that power forward position to kind of take yeah. on his role because my man, he is softer than the pillow that I sleep on at night. <laughs> that guy is weak. Uh, He's God. weak. <laughs> Do not He's like weak. TJ Lee. He's weak, coach. Get him out of the game, coach. But man, yeah, I just, yeah, it's tough seeing Sabonis. It's like, the, it's like the Pacers, you know, 
hey, you want to sign up to play for the Pacers? You want to sign up to be an all-star? <laughs> yeah, it all sounds great. But then at the end of the contract and like fall, small fine print, it says, but you will get hurt significantly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's the Pacers curse, man. We don't have a lot of money to like get anybody else right now. Um, TJ Leaf, I hate the guy. I don't like to, I don't like to hate people. As for a basketball player, I hate the guy. He was the worst <laughs> first rounder in NBA history. How is he still on the Pacers? It's been like four years. I think it's his last year in this contract. Please get rid of him, along with the other guys that are on the team, like Edmund Summer and other guys that are just absolutely garbage. Sabonis, hopefully he gets better. I didn't even realize that this was a thing. You know, he's posting on IG that he's in the bubble. He's ready to go. I'm watching Sabonis highlights on uh, the NBA Instagram. They're shouting us out, giving us praise. Fuck. It ain't looking good this year either. Hoops. I don't I don't have my hopes high for the Pacers. I will say Vic did look good today. We'll get into that uh in a second, but we need Vic to just step it up now. Vic's gotta he's gotta get mentally prepared. His it's it's really mental over physical with those kind of injuries. So hopefully Sabonis can come back and, and get mentally strong and come back and play with us. But uh, I don't know. Uh, is Goga playing? Is, is like we we got Goga. He's another first rounder, and the dude doesn't even play. I don't know, man. You're right. So what, what, uh, I there's there's no what's reason. Going on? There's no reason why he shouldn't be on the on the floor unless they're holding another. You know, holding something back from us that we just don't know. But I'm I'm with you on that. I think they we need to have him playing. You know. So yeah. All right, cool deal. So that's Sabonis. We'll get into some scrimmage recaps. Uh, our first debut game we won against the Trailblazers. Um, it's a good showing from the bench. Our bench isn't bad, but some of the guys are absolutely terrible. Um, but we do have guys like Aaron Holiday um, and Justin Holiday, two brothers on our team coming off the bench, You know, scoring 13 and 16, both three-point shooters. Uh, McDermott's another three-point guy, I think, um, it's the cool thing about the Pacers, man. We're, we're known for our defense, but we also have these three-pointers who are, like, top ten in the league. McDermott is – I think he's ninth in the league, and no, Holiday is sixth. I think you flip-flopped him, I think. McDermott is sixth, sixth and Holiday is ninth. Yeah. So we got snipers on the team. Uh, Brogdon looked good, as he should, 11 points. Uh, Vic, we did mention it. It looks a little rusty, but that was the, his first game back since – uh, COVID and the quarantine and suspension and all that. So we talked about it. A lot of teams are going to look rusty right now. Um, the Trailblazers, they looked pretty good, surprisingly, bringing back Nurkic and Zach Collins. Danny Lloyd was doing this thing. Uh, CJ in the backcourt. Those those two guys are scary in the backcourt. But I think for the teams that are coming out right now, we're all looking rusty, and the Pacers just got the better hand of it. Yeah, I agree. I think Vic, as we saw today, which we'll kind of go into here in a second. But, yeah, I think – think there's nothing more to say about that i think it was the first game i'm glad that we got a win i like winning um and we look good i mean we don't look i mean every team that i saw and i watched every single game at least parts of here and there every team looked rusty at points so you know you can't really count that against you know these teams and that's pretty much expected if you you know take two and a half months three months off of just doing no games or no like real five on right. five so so good. like we are talking about um today let's just talk about our game today we had a couple days off we played the mavericks we beat them it's yeah. two and oh baby scrimmage time let's get it um Absolutely. our starters picked it up uh miles turner 
You know, he got his first action in the bubble, didn't play that first game, uh, performed well. TJ Warren, man, he's always a facilitator on our team, had 20, led the team with 20. Miles ended up with 15, by the way, eight rebounds. Brogdon, 17. Vic looked a lot more comfortable today. He's pulling up from deep. Um, he had 16.7 rebounds, knocked four threes in this game. We're looking a lot better uh, without even without Sabonis. I think Samson's coming in, another athletic guy who we like. And Miles Turner just, you know, Miles is a stretch center. He does what he does. He can pop from three, too. Yeah, they look good. Today we looked like a team that could make, you know, turn some heads. Uh, I was yeah. watching it, and they were the, like the post game, and they were like, hey, the Pacers, they, you know, they're always a sleepy team. They're known for defense, like you mentioned, but they, they're scary offensively. You got TJ McConnell yeah. running and pushing that, the pace in that second group and, you know, opens up, you know, the floor and finds the shooters. Yeah. And if you got four guys shooting over 50 or 40% from three, they're going to go in a lot more than you think. And if they get hot, we see that we kind of go on runs here and there and, 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 you know, beat good teams like the Mavericks. And mm -hmm. I think the Mavericks are a good team. So man, when, when Vic was pulling up, he looked real comfortable you know, getting a couple shots. I think that's all he's he's been doing. Yeah. yeah, he's been working on his shot a lot because you know early in his rehab, we see that that's all he did was you know he couldn't really like run around as much. He kind of just walked around, and he just all he could do was shoot. So I'm glad to see that for sure. Yeah, let's keep it up, baby. Pacer Nation, man, we're looking good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm ready for cool the season deal. to start. But uh, let's go into the last thing. You want to give us some details about this this giveaway? I know. That yes. So appreciate you guys being patient with us. Uh, we've mentioned this giveaway I think for the past four episodes. So we weren't just laying that off. Um, we sorted this like first originally decided that we wanted to do it uh, about a month ago. So that's why we started talking about it. But then we thought it'd be a better idea to go ahead and do the giveaway on July thirtieth, the first day of the games. So here are the rules to uh, win this Miami Vice D-Wade Special Edition jersey. Um, you know, the season's coming up, like we mentioned, and what other great way to kick it off than now. So um, to be entered to win, like this episode, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's all you have to do. Send us proof that you did both of those. We need more ups. We need more subscribers on YouTube. Um, so that, that can help us out greatly. We appreciate you guys do that. You can DM us proof on any of our social platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. If you want to email us, we don't get a lot of emails. So that'd be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, do that. Send us proof and we'll pick one random winner, um, next Thursday, July 30th on our Instagram page. So we really look forward to, to giving out another, another giveaway here. Um, as well as like we've been talking about in our last episode, we're going to you know, be doing some merch here. We're going to make some hats. We got new logos on our, um, for man-to-man. -man. They're super cool. Uh, we'll be making hats and shirts. So, yeah, big things coming up. Send us proof of that, and we appreciate you guys. Yeah, for sure. Again, like the, the episode and subscribe to the YouTube channel and give us proof, and we'll, we'll pick your, the winner from there. Um, so with that, I think this episode is a wrap, right, Twizzleton? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. Short but good. Next week is going to be crunchy. It's going to be some, some good stuff that we're going to be eating on next week. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, again, I'm gonna, if you haven't already, go follow us on Instagram. That's at uh, Man to Man Podcast. 
and on twitter that's at man to man pod go give us a follow and uh stay tuned for our giveaway winner um that's uh on our instagram page you'll go and uh see who wins that miami vice but with that we will catch you next week namaste to you guys namaste hey what else in pace and nation baby <laughs> Straight hustling